defenses. Initiate bank protocol. What's good, everybody? Uh, it's uh, your your bird boys, Palm Reader and uh, Otis Morris, and we're here today to issue an ultimatum. Yeah, we're here to close it out. We're here to finally put a wrap to the dossier here. You know, wrap it up, burn it, make sure nobody sees it. Or, uh, well, I guess in this case, we want you to see it. But, you know, in, in, in CIA terms, they don't want you to see anything. But I don't know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, international espionage. Uh, some some intelligence communities. Some some should have just let him live his life. Uh, yeah, that's right. We're here. This is the uh, final installment of our Bourne uh, trilogy where we talked first about the uh, the born identity, then uh, again we revisited the born supremacy, and now today we are issuing the ultimatum on the born franchise, talking about the born ultimatum mostly, uh, but we're also going to touch on the born legacy and Jason Bourne. We're not going to talk about that TV show Treadstone because I didn't. Watch it. I don't. I didn't even know that was a TV show until you like mentioned it, and then I even after you mentioned it, I forgot about it until today. And what I was like, oh, I didn't read anything about that TV show. Uh, yeah, just what we're is just it? gonna pretend so, it doesn't exist. Uh, okay, kind of like whatever. That's kind of how I feel about those final two additional movies as well. But hey. Whatever. Whatever. That's not the that's not the story here. That's not that's not the uh that's not the mission. Okay. Mm-hmm. The mission here is uh talking 2007 Born Ultimatum, one of the uh finest pieces of action cinema there is in the last like yeah, I guess this whole series takes place in within the last 20 years. So I would say yes. it's probably one of the finest ones. And ooh, there's some really good things, some highs, some lows, some yeah, we're going to get to it all. We're going to get to it all. So, uh, as you said, Born Ultimatum, 2007 action thriller film, once again directed by Paul Greengrass, our homie Mr. Greengrass, back again for another sequel, loosely based on the 1990 novel of the same name by Robert Ludlum. Uh, screenplay by Tony Gilroy, Scott Z. Burns, and George Nolfi. Um and uh, it's the third installment of the Jason Bourne film series after Identity and Supremacy, uh, but before Legacy and the final uh, Jason Bourne film years later, uh, almost 10 years later, actually. Uh, this is Matt Damon back again as our favorite amnesiac CIA operative who uh, just can't stop kicking ass. It's a, it's a recurring theme, although this movie, there is ass kicking. But there's a lot more um, kind of character-related uh, uh, dialogue. There's a lot more um, kind of uh, espionage and intelligence stuff. Um, yeah, I think this this uh, movie takes a different toll. Like definitely espionage and surveillance is definitely, I guess, the theme of this particular uh, outing as I guess it is 
in future Bourne movies, but in this one, like I, I guess identity is more or less just a very subdued action thriller supremacy. You know, we talked about it last week. It really picks up the action while still maintaining, you know, that indie sensibility that made the first one so great. And then this one just kind of like takes it to a whole other level and just maxes out what like the Jason Bourne universe is like the with like especially with the like the England sequence and the Waterloo station sequence it really just is just like a masterpiece in editing and like filmmaking and just how they did it and even though you know other parts of the movie may not you know be necessarily the greatest like sequences or whatever this this movie is just masterfully made um as were you know the previous two but i think this one it really also you know got its flowers for it critically and you know commercially as well and deservedly so um so um i'm just gonna one one uh one quick thing can you move a little bit back from your mic because we're peeking a bit here um Mm. but uh uh yeah no this film to me really um combines the kind of personal uh character stuff of the first movie with the action of the second one and then kind of like takes all of the technical cinematog- uh, cinematic cinematographical how do you how would you say that uh cinematic aspects the yeah. technical aspects the um the editing the sound all of it together and kind of wraps it into this like perfect finale where um it's also about him figuring out his identity but it is also him taking revenge on and 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 uh and fighting back against a system that sucked him in it's a really we were saying before we we recorded earlier today that this is like a perfect trilogy because the first one is uh small scale character driven kind of um uh taught thriller with some action uh that that yeah. rules but it's also very um, it's very small scale, small scale, and like yeah. reasonable. And then the second one, it builds upon what identity put forward, uh, and and Greengrass kind of heightens the technical aspect of it, uh, and the action sequences are bigger, and the world gets built out a little bit more, but not a whole lot. In this one, you see kind of the the through line of all the different themes of the movies and all the things that they've touched on, you know, corruption in the intelligence uh, community, um, Jason Bourne's identity, uh, uh, where he fits into the whole bigger system. And on top of that, it's got great action scenes um, and choreography, but also the editing, the sound, uh, and, uh, and, and just the cinematography is kind of like just kicked up a notch as well. This did win, uh, three Academy Awards, uh, best film editing, best sound mixing and best sound editing. And it is one of the top 10 films of 2007. It was on the top of many people's lists. It's a good film and it's a great way to end out a trilogy. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, 
like uh like yeah as you said like it takes uh, everything that the first film did like all the theme first and second film did to call it themes and then even paul greengrass like even stylistically like the flair of you know the camera movement like the handheld camera movement stuff was taken up a notch you know the chase sequences taken up a notch fight sequences are bigger but still like still like e- even though this is the most, you know, over so sort of over the top that the you know the original trilogy gets, it is still grounded and reasonable within the Jason world, Jason Bourne world that you know we've come to know. And like, you know, it's a very practical world. And you know, there's not, as we said the last two weeks, it, this isn't Mission Impossible, this isn't James Bond, you know, this isn't sci-fi, and then so it makes perfect sense and it encapsulates all the things that made the first two movies so cool, like the action sequence, how smart it is, the writing. It's not overwritten, but it's also not underwritten as well. It's sort of perfectly right in the middle where there's the right amount of, you know, CIA sort of like confusion, but also, you know, it's not a super confusing movie, you know? Yeah. Again. It's not it it doesn't it doesn't overdo itself to the point of being confu- like confusing to the viewer. Um there's just the right amount of exposition to explain in all of the movies how mm-hmm. the story unfolds and how the you know how Treadstone turns to Black Blackbriar turns to you know uh, all of the I mean that's more in the following sequels but they they kind of situate everything in such a way that it makes sense it's explained well enough um through smart writing that you never really get lost and even you know talking about uh, about grounding this in realism you think about that waterloo station um sequence and that the uh uh uh, what was the name of the the uh, Simon Ross, the reporter for the Guardian, yeah. who was investigating Treadstone? The only reason mm-hmm. why he gets killed is because he himself gets nervous and deviates from. Yeah, he you know, disobeys Jason Bourne, which has been like a running thing throughout you know the entire series. Is that you know if you listen to Jason Bourne, you're gonna survive. Like, yeah, he's he knows he's, what he's doing, he and the fact doing. that some weaselly reporter thinks you know that he knows better than jason Bourne, a trained operative you know who's been silently taking out all these dudes behind the scene nobody knows like it's yeah it's a great it's i it I love it. I love it. Like, yeah, like fuck that guy. He's an idiot and he deserves that. But I love it because that, that whole sequence immediately ups the ante of all the previous movies. Like he, like it starts with Bourne escaping Russia and then goes immediately to England. And it, the movie immediately goes into the surveillance and all these cameras, which was something it touched on previously and like, you know, when, you know, Black Briar and Treadstone, you know, were following him, you know, they had guys on the move following behind him, you know, tracing his location stuff. But now, especially in London, where it is the most surveilled city in the world, there's more cameras in London on the streets any than anywhere. Like this movie in like, 
in seconds just shows you that like crazy yeah. like they have like so many screens like there's hundreds of angles in this like shot maybe i could be lying and, but like it feels like it is and like Greengrass had actual cameras they had access to actual security cameras like they had they shot that scene during the actual day they didn't disrupt or shut down the station at all and like that was that's a thing that made the has made this series so great is that it has like an independent film, you know, sense bu- sensibility behind it. And like when they utilize that to like the max potential, like it shows off. And like, yeah, that I, scene in the editing room must have been crazy. Like the editor must have just been like, I have so much footage. This is fucking sick. Like that's awesome. And one of the but things it, that I like too is that as, uh, in, I don't know if it was done purposely, but as the trilogy progresses, um, you know, the first uh, first movie focuses on Treadstone, which is a small operation. Um, and then the second film kind of blows open the idea of Blackbriar and, and that, you know, it goes further up the chain. And then in the third film, when you have um, uh, uh, the deputy director and director of the whole CIA, the whole world of surveillance is opened up to them. Like in the, in the first film, it was like a room of people that were running this. And then Mm -hmm. when you, it gets further up the, when, when Jason Bourne becomes more of a problem, it gets further up the food chain. You see that they have so much more uh, technical capabilities and they are really coming after him with the full force of, yeah, they have a full communication yeah, station yeah. just like in a floor in New York just yeah, whereas, tracing Jason Bourne. That's it. Whereas before it was like, oh, we got it. This is damage control. We got it. We got to control this because we're a small outfit within a larger umbrella. And then it goes all the way. And I just like that, that you can see that technically. I also want to, I think at one in one of the other podcasts, I said, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne was from uh, the the Jason Bourne, like the fifth movie. Uh, no, the one it is it's from, it's this, from one. this one. Yeah, this well, it's in one. both. It's in both of them. They do it again in the uh, in the fifth movie. Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. But the first one was in this movie. So I'm publicly retracting my uh, or correcting my statement. Yes. Well, this is the one that is, you know, people have come to love and, uh, you know, Jesus Christ. That's Jason Bourne, which is during this this London sequence because they don't know that Simon Ross, this uh, journalist, is, you know, they realize they're like, somebody's commanding him. Like, this guy's not being able to evade us. Like, he's a journalist, okay? We're special ops. How's this guy evading us? And then eventually they see Jason Bourne and then the guy's just like, Jesus Christ, this Jason Bourne. Yeah. Which has now just become an appropriate response whenever you see somebody doing some borderline, you know, wild special ops behavior. Online. Or it could be a dude oh, like the, juggling the, bread. Yeah. The one you know, that he, the one that was famous on Vine is the clip from the trailer for Jason Bourne. Um, with the, I, th- I can't remember who the actor is, but he's a, a, a an, an African-American actor or an African, or a, maybe he's British. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's a black man. Yes, he's a black man. Um, but the original Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne was from this one here. So I just wanted to clarify that. So we should explain the plot. Um, 
ultimatum ends or supremacy ends uh, following his pursuit of uh, Kirill in the Bourne supremacy. Jason Bourne evades Moscow police while wounded uh, through a train station. Uh, and, uh, and well, this is the start of this film. So immediately following the uh, Kirill sequence in the Bourne supremacy, Jason Bourne evades the police. He's running through the train station. He gets to a bathroom. He's uh, he's dealing with his wounds. He has some flashbacks about his uh, his joining of Operation Treadstone, of talking to a doctor who he can't really recognize. But uh, he's he's having flashbacks. The police find him. He just absolutely decimates the first police officer, and the second one is just like, "Please don't kill me." Um, and then we fast forward six weeks later. You, uh, Pamela Landy uh, reveals the audio tape confession of Abbott from Supremacy, uh, the former head of Treadstone, to direct, uh, director Ezra Kramer. Um, Ezra Kramer is a new character uh, played. Uh, oh, no, not Ezra Kramer. Sorry, that's Vozen. Vozen. Noah Vozen is David, David Strathairn. Um mm-hmm. Uh, and he, uh, meanwhile, in Turin, ju- journalist Simon Ross of the Guardian meets an informant to learn about Born and Operation Blackbriar, uh, the program that succeeded Treadstone that was in, uh, ex- kind of uh, uh, brought to light in this Born supremacy. Uh, the CIA finds out about this and tracks Ross as he returns to London after he mentions Blackbriar during a cell phone call to his editor, which is detected by the Echelon system, uh, which is listening, I guess, to calls and looking for specific Call, call words, call signs, uh, flagged words, whatever. They hear it and they get turned on to Ross and what he's doing. Um, so at this point, Bourne reappears in Paris and he goes to see uh, my guy, Daniel Bruhl, which I forgot was in this movie, uh, who plays Martin Kreutz, the uh, brother of his late girlfriend, uh, Marie. Uh, and he uh, shows up to tell him uh, she has been or she was assassinated uh, and uh-huh. to just kind of like set the record straight and be like, yo, this is what happens. Um, during his time in Paris, he winds up reading Ross's articles and arranges a meeting with uh, with Ross in uh, London Waterloo Station. Uh, Bourne realizes quickly that the CIA is following Ross and uh, he manages to help him evade capture for a while. But uh, Ross, full of nerves uh, uh, and, and, and just kind of freaking out, he, he, uh, he panics, ignores the instructions and is immediately, boom taken out yeah just off just right in right in the middle daylight just right in front of people you know just yes just you know just like a fucking bug just done yeah and so on this was paz his name is paz uh and he's an assassin a blackbriar assassin uh who was sent on orders of direct of deputy director noah vozen that's um the uh Uh kind of main one of the main antagonists uh, of this and he's introduced uh, in the whole echelon sequence uh along yeah. with uh, everybody else that he that he and he's a very serious man um he's very imposing considering how like small he just seems like he's a serious man i really think Who, he did a good the guy job that plays Vossen or yeah Vossen yeah. Or? Da- yeah the david straight there and he he just does a great job um, yeah, he just has like this. That's the thing is that 
the series has really casted, um, really nailed the, uh, you know, CIA bad head operative, you know, guy. Like, yeah. And like they really, they really like fucking hit it right on the nose with the Jason Bourne when they get Tommy Lee Jones. It's like, okay, you just, you guys just literally walk into a boardroom. Like, who's the most evil looking guy you know? Tommy Lee. Okay, thanks. Who's like, the most, who's the most evil, serious white man you know? Evil yeah. looking, serious white Who man loves you know? America, but hates but, everything else? Yeah, but like, <laughs> but like the, not like in the like serious as in like, as, as in like, uh, 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 like, like imposing physically, or like he's just mm-hmm. the most stern-looking white guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like when you go to the head office of white guys, and you go and you're like, oh, the CEO of white guys, Tommy Lee Jones. That makes sense. Like, CEO you wouldn't deny that. You just go, that makes sense. <laughs> All yeah. right, but anyway, uh, David Strathairn does a great job. Noah Vosen, fantastic kind of uh, uh, character, and uh, and he kind of plays like the the foil to um, Pam Landy, who's kind of, she's on the fence about a lot of things because I think she's the only one who actually wants uh, kind of proper justice, like, you know, like lawful good justice to come, even maybe chaotic good. Like she's Yeah, I mean, like her moral compass isn't totally shattered. Like, yeah, yeah, she's probably initiated a couple hits here and there and, you know, there's a lot of blood on her hands, but, you know, she kind of feels bad about it. And so, you know. You, so you that see, makes her a good guy in the, the story. <laughs> in, in the CIA, that having a moral compass, even if broken, makes you good. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> in the world of Jason Bourne, please just to being in your presence don't, is enough to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> please don't add me to a list. Uh, please, that I'm just just talking about the <laughs> the uh, the diegetic world of 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 Jason Bourne, the the cinematic universe of Jason Bourne. I don't know what they do at the CIA. Don't put me on a list. But anyway. Uh, for that joke. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, Vozen's team, uh, who is being reluctantly assisted by Pam Landy, they analyze Ross's notes from his apartment because they went through his apartment and they figure out who the source is. Neil Daniels, a CIA station chief involved in Treadstone and Blackbriar. Um, Bourne goes to Daniels' office in Madrid, finds it empty. Uh, then he, they get, uh, some gunmen go to his office. There's a cool Jason Bourne tricks them with a fan and a flashlight and then beats them up. Uh, and that's a nice little tight, close action, you know, real Jason Bourne type close, close whap, 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 to disable this guy's gun and blah, blah, blah. And they're smack. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Boom, boom, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. No, anyway. So they, <laughs> so there's like a, a, you know, a showdown and then, um, Nikki, Nikki Parsons, uh, uh, played again by Julia Stiles. She shows up, uh, and then she winds up, uh, 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 telling him that Daniels has gone to Tangier, uh, and winds up helping him lies to Vozen on the phone, says everything's good, helps him get away in the, uh, in the car. Bourne also pulls a real cool thing where somehow he, this is one of the things that's kind of a loophole because it doesn't really make sense because no police would, would, arrive that fast but he calls the police and says oh there's some like white guy white guys with guns shooting help please help and then hangs up and she's like we have three minutes till they get here so they get outside they get into the car they're being chased by a pack of healthy white guys with guns 
and uh, yeah, but this and, is this is London. These are you know, in, in, I think English. Police, no, no, like, this is in Madrid. Maybe, this is in Madrid. Oh, this is in Madrid. But anyway, within I don't know, three maybe minutes, the, of, maybe Spanish police actually care and do their jobs and show up on time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe. Anyway, the police show up. They round up the uh, the the. As I said, I just like saying it because of Rick Ross's video on hockey. <laughs> healthy but, pack of white boys. <laughs> healthy pack of white boys with guns. Yeah. Uh, they get they wind up getting uh, 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 held up as Buren escapes. Um, they go on a, a ferry. They're heading over to Tangier, uh, and uh, and that's where there's this scene where Nikki and and uh, Jason Bourne are having a conversation, and Nikki's like, "We really don't know anything. I thought you were faking, but now I think now I don't know." And blah blah blah. And I think it's implied that they were romantically involved. Um, I don't. I don't think it ever outright says it, but there's this kind of thing where it's like, and she was the person who was like kind of the psychiatrist slash shoulder to cry on for these agents, these treadstone operatives that were out in the, and so there's this kind of like thing hanging over the whole, whole story of, of them of, was there something behind? And it's very, very cleverly written, but they never outright say it unless I'm wrong. I don't, I don't think they ever, but anyway, there's a conversation between them. She finds out that uh, uh, the, the asset, the Blackbriar operative Desh, uh, Desh Buksani has been tasked with killing Daniels. Um, and But by looking at that, Vozen sees that Nikki accessed information about Daniels. And he says to Desh, also kill Nikki and Bourne while they're there. Um, but mm-hmm. Landy disagrees. Landy's like, why would you have them killed? They're not involved in this. Uh, you know, we can kill Daniel or we, you can get, I, though I don't think you should kill Daniels, go ahead, but like, don't go after them. You don't know why Nikki looked at it, blah, blah, blah. Like she's not really for it. Right. Um, anyway, uh, uh, they, uh, they follow, uh, born, they land there, born follows Buxani to Daniels, but in a nice little trickaroo or, or in a nice little, uh, switcheroo trick, uh, 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 dash fakes him out and, uh, and he, and Bourne accidentally stops Daniels in his car right in front of the bomb. Boom. Daniels is gone. And, uh, and then you have a, uh, one of the more exciting, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chase scenes on the, through, through, um, the streets and uh, rooftops of Tangier, uh, yeah. where you have, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, just just takes everything that the previous two movies did so well, and then it's like, okay, let's put it in smaller streets. Let's give them smaller cars. Let's give them less room to work with, but a bigger playground, almost like it's yeah. a more narrow playground, but it's a bigger playground and. The Morocco stuff, it's really fun. And then the chase just, it's a long sequence from, if, like, if you go from the explosion to the stare down, bad guy starts taking off, Born starts taking off at, on foot. I think he eventually gets onto a bike. Yeah, he's on a bike then, at one point. Then it goes, then eventually the bad guy catches on to Nikki starts following her while Jason Bourne's also trying to evade police. And then, you know, somehow still manages to, you know, 
you jump in and stuff. Like it's crazy. Yeah. It's just, so so it starts. The the Borden gets on a bike. They they go. They're running. They're chasing around. There's the stare down right after the death. Homeboy takes off trying to get Born to follow him. Finds out that Nikki's there too. Decides to target Nikki, uh, and because Born's being chased by the police, but Born is like, "No, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm gonna go follow them, even though the chase is happening." He winds up on the rooftops. He's running around, yeah. jumping from roof to roof, looking down into the alleyways, trying to find where Nikki is. As Nikki's running through these alleys, trying to find uh, houses to break into or ways mm-hmm. to get away. Yeah, because that scene's intense. Because she knows she's being followed. Because like she like, snaps her phone, smashes it, and then she's just going down every alleyway, just trying to just like get out any door. And then yeah. like she, she could have got away, but then as she get got to the top the top door on top of the roof closes and then that's when the bad guy like looks up and yeah and then then she yeah and because she was she gets up onto the roof as onto a roof as well he's walking around they're all looking up and down there's like layers to this folks layers yeah, it's very tense and uh and then finally as nikki is on the roof born gets up on the roof they kind of get within eye shot of each other he sees her while she sees Dash below. Dash goes into the building to chase her. Born sees a way across. He evades the police on the roof, jumps from roof to roof, gets to a uh, kind of intersection, pathway intersection of houses, sees that Dash is about to get, is about to, they're kind of having their, Nikki is showing a little bit of resolve. They're going back and forth a bit. But he's about to corner her, and then Jason Bourne, in one of the better shots and well-known shots of the uh, sequences, especially this shot in the sequence, he jumps from the top of the building down through the window in a really cool shot, to the way that it's shot. And mm-hmm. he jumps down through the window straight into to the dash, our, our evil uh, Blackbriar asset, and then they just have another close combat fight, yeah. and then they just go absolute like, nuts on each other. This is born at his full parkour mode. Like this yeah. is the, the the camera techniques implemented in this was just fantastic. Like the cameraman, like you had either Matt Damon himself or his stunt double jumping between Moroccan houses through windows and the camera guy was right behind him y- using the exact same gear, doing the exact same jump, doing the same landing with the camera in front of him. And like, I don't, I think this was probably the first time a movie implemented such stunt like camera work. Like with a person do it like now, if you did something like that, you usually have a camera on like a crane or a wire yeah. or like a rig of some time, some kind, but like a guy just giving a dude a camera and just being like, jump. Like, that's fucking sick, but that's also the ethos of the movie, too. It's just like, let's get it as real as possible. Well, how real can we get? Oh, we can just actually just, we can just straight up do that. That's, yeah. if Bourne's going to do that, why don't we just do that? Like, it's such a, like, it's just such a duh moment. It's like, oh, shit, yeah, why the fuck have, like, what? Of course, like, how, <laughs> this is supposed to be, like, the most intimate action series possible. Well, shit. 
just fucking give him a camera pretty let much. Let him run. Boom. Run just, behind him. Go. Yeah. Like, um, another thing that This is do, the closest you could get to like a first person, like almost third person action game feel within a movie without it being like corny. Yeah. Like sick. the uh the and another thing that they do so well in this film, especially, which is why they won the Oscar for editing, mm-hmm. is that they they um I mean, we're still implementing a lot of the quick cut stuff that we that you came to know from the previous uh, uh, from supremacy and the kind of immediacy generating uh, handheld camera documentary style stuff that Lyman was doing. The very reality grounded um, choreography, close combat, all of that stuff. But the editing in this film really kind of ups the ante, especially in the Waterloo station scene. And in this scene Mm -hmm. where just the way that they build the space and they show how chaotic it is, you know, Mm Bourne's jumping from building to building and you have a camera that's following him closely. And then it cuts to, Nikki, who is uh looking down so the camera yeah. is above her but then it'll and do then, a thing where it like zooms out and then you realize like oh Warren's like only like two blocks away from her like from his view he can see her and like it, yeah it's, it, it's it really creates the distance and space like it does the same thing in the waterloo station part where like it goes between Bourne, then ross and the Vossen back in the office then him directing the agents and the assassins and like the way it cuts between everybody, you're not lost. Like it makes sense. Like, yeah, but like it creates this the office t- in London to that. It, and then in this between the chase within a chase, like, yeah. And it creates this tension where it'll be like Bourne's running and then it'll show, uh, 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 the asset from on the ground level. And it's a handheld camera as well. And then it'll show a stationary camera looking, up at Nikki and then it'll show another wide camera showing Bourne running across. Like it's just the way that they create the space and they make it into a real maze. They show the levels of it. There was one shot where it's a camera below looking up and you see Bourne jump across. uh, And, you know, it's populated with people too. There's people walking up and down the streets and all this stuff. And he's being chased by the police. So there's cuts to his chase with the police, but then it'll, like you said, stop and it'll zoom out or zoom in to Nikki on another route. Like it's just the way the whole thing is put together in both of those sequences, whether it's between cutting between the, the uh cctv footage to uh mm-hmm. vozin on the phone to the uh asset um uh paz setting up his his gun to yeah. all of that all of that whole sequence is is uh is is masterfully done to show how mm-hmm. busy it is cutting between close camera of, of Simon Ross on the phone, bumping around in people to Jason Bourne on a headset to the CCTV to back to Paz setting up his sniper rifle. Like the way that the editing it it's again, we've said this over and over again, but it's very kinetic. But in this movie, I feel like it builds space so much better. Mm-hmm. where you where it builds the kind of not only space but tension it kind of the camera eye uh is 
creates like kind of a, an emotional, not an emotional response, but like a heightened response, especially mm-hmm. in these two, those two scenes. Um, and of course the fight between um, Desh and, and uh, Matt, Matt Damon, Jason Bourne in the bathroom is, yeah. is hard as nails. It's, mm-hmm. it's brutal. It's, it's, you know, it goes crazy. Anyway, let's finish the story. So after that, um, uh, Jason Bourne has a, uh, opens up to Nikki has a heartfelt conversation with her, but then he's like, you got to go hide. You got to get out of here. I'm going to mm-hmm. go. I'm going to shut this down. So he looks in the, in Daniel's briefcase, finds the address of the CIA deep cover bureau in New York city, uh, where, from which Vosen directs Blackbriar, uh, and, uh, and so Bourne, he hits the, he, he hits the, uh, hits the dusty trails and heads to New York. Yeah. And then he hits uh, Pamela Landy on her line. He's yeah. like, yo, Pam. And then it's the scene from The End of Supremacy. Pam, you look tired. Get some rest or yeah. whatever he Although, says. And then trivia, fun th- fact, they reshot that because um, I, I I think that I don't know why exactly they reshot. I think it was to better fit because that's like wedged into a further sequence. Uh, also, yeah. probably Jason, Matt Damon looked a bit older because it had been you know, three, three, four years since they had filmed the, mm-hmm. the, so they reshoot that. It's the whole thing. Landy tells him his real name is David Webb, gives him his date of birth as four fifteen seventy one. 71. Uh, Bourne tells Landy to get some rest, indicating that he's in New York, watching her from an overlooking building. Um, and Vozen intercepts a text to Landy from Bourne of a location to meet up and uh, leaves his office with his tactical team. It was a trick. Bourne played him. Can't believe Bourne, yeah. keep, Bourne keeps playing the CIA like a fiddle. Absolutely. He's like, oh, come meet me at this time. And they're all like, okay, we got to go. Everybody leave go, the go, office. Go, 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 go. And Everybody then leave. Bourne, you know, they don't, he doesn't meet Landy. He gives a Vazen a call and he's just like, yo, dude, what's up? Like, you know, and he's like, oh, you want to meet up? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, where are you at? Vazen's like, yo, I'm in my office. And then Matt, Matt Damon's like, yeah, right. Because we'd be having this conversation face to face. Boom, hacks into his safe using voice recorded. Boom. And then just steals the documents, walks out. Nobody even knows. And like, like the dude, like just the the way he, how dumbfounded he looks. He's like, it's perfect. It's such a perfect scene. He's just like, fuck. You played yourself. As as DJ Khaled would say. Um, And then when he realizes he gets tricked, Vozen's like, Paz, you got to go kill this guy. Then you have the, what it wouldn't be a, a born movie without a car chase. So mm-hmm. we have a car chase uh, uh in New York, nonetheless. Uh quite quite intense, quite exhilarating. But I do have to say, after three movies with three car chases, you know, it's a car chase in a born movie. Um and uh and then Paz gets uh gets hurt, yeah. but Bourne spares his life. Well, He's like, you know, yeah. Here's the thing, like the car chases now, like especially the one in the second one, like this in, in Supremacy, like in Supremacy, the car chase is so iconic because it's like it's a it's, it's a climactic point. A that's it's when a car he kills. Yeah, that's when he kills Kirill in that. Whereas like this one, it just kind of feels like just just kind of like, ah, there's a car chase because there needs to be a car chase. Although you do get the one very funny line, the like he drove off the roof. He what? He drove off the roof. 
Yeah. Because Jason Bourne just straight up with nowhere to go. He just straight up drives off a roof and then proceeds on foot after driving his car off the roof. And like, yeah. And then like the ending big crash is big, but like it doesn't feel big because like he doesn't kill the other assassin. Whereas like in the last one, it was like, boom, that was the final crash. Whereas this one's like, yeah, but even Edgar Ramirez as the main like assassin villain, like I'm not 100 sold on him because he just doesn't seem villainous enough. Which I He's guess, got a kind I guess is the I guess which is the correct thing given how the ending goes. But like, you know, he he just he just compare especially compared to like Carl Urban and Clive Owen came off kind of like the weakest. Yeah, well, bad I think guy I think Carl three. Urban is the one. Like, let's keep it real. Carl Urban yeah. is a nefarious looking man when he wants to. I mean, Carl Urban's definitely the scariest, but like Clive Owens, just how like, like stoic and like, he's just like, this is a piano teacher and yeah. he murders people. And we didn't That's even crazy. get, and we didn't even like, when we did the identity podcast, we didn't even yeah. really talk about that shootout, which is, yeah. is it deserves to be broken down. Um, and I'm sure you can go on YouTube and find people breaking like it's worth we just were out of time well we did talk about how it was like a very well subtly done shootout like it was it was like a like it played out like a, like i think i said like a metal gear solid like stealth mission where it's yeah, like yeah. two very tactical people like it was like a chess match like very very small but, but like, i think i think there's a lot more detail like if you're really interested in in smart filmmaking and how that that mm. sequence shows Jason Bourne's talent, but also how it's very tense. It's very languid. It's very, it's very mm-hmm. uh, reserved, but it's also so high tension. It's, it's just really good. If yeah. you want to, if you want to get into the yeah. nitty gritty, I'm sure there are video. Yeah. The, the Blu-rays of the, the original trilogy has lots of behind the scenes and lots of making of like, especially of all the significant, like action parts and like scenes like that like it has pretty thorough breakdowns of like what they did and then you know we're in the age of youtube i'm sure there's a a two-hour video of some nerd breaking down how like jason Bourne reloads his gun like comparatively (laughs) to like other assassins and why he reload is more efficient i don't know i'm sure but i think i think one of the things that to go back to like i think that that with the first film to the second film, the the stakes between the two car chases, because the first one was a car chase from the police, the second one was mm-hmm. a car chase from the police, and a in car battle with, with a dude trying with to a kill dude him. trying to kill him. I think this one didn't really succeed in raising the stakes at all. It was just like as no. you said. Let's throw a car chase in here because Jason Bourne. Anyway, he yeah, holds, and they got the play with like a car chase through New York, which is yeah. always fun. If you get yeah. to do that, it's just a cinematic, you know, fun thing to do. Um, anyway, so Bourne figures out that there was a coded message from Landy for four fifteen seventy one is uh, four fifteen East East seventy first Street. He goes there outside. He meet, Bourne meets Landy, who was waiting for him. He gives her the Black Briar files and then goes inside. Uh, Vosen had has figured out Landy's code or, or figures it out and warns Dr. Albert Hirsch, who was the guy who ran Treadstone's behavior modification program and, uh, and calls him, lets him know Bourne's coming. 
He follows, Vozen shows up, follows Landy inside the building, but it's too late to stop her from faxing the Blackbriar documents out to the world. I don't know where she sends them, but she sends them out. Um, and then on the upper floor, you have this confrontation between Hirsch and Bourne. Uh, and uh, and Bourne remembers that he volunteered for Treadstone uh, and remembers some of the intense psychological uh, uh, stuff that happened to him during uh-huh. his... Uh, kind of change from David Webb to Jason Bourne and being reborn and what he had to do, uh, including shooting a man who's just like in the corner of a room at the command of, uh, of, of Dr. Hirsch and and the other Mm -hmm. uh, members of the intelligence community, the officers presiding over, I think it shows, um, uh, does it show any of the people from the first movie in that? I think Brian Cox's character is in there, probably. There's some, there's some, it's very hazy too. It's done in the kind of Jason Bourne memory way where everything's a little bit 90s music video y. Yeah, um, all the lights are very blown out. And yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, he, Bourne flees to the roof uh, and uh, is confronted by Paz, who asks, asks him, you know, why didn't you take the shot? And, uh, and Bourne asks him, why is he, what, does he know why you're supposed to kill me? And then he repeats the words of the dying professor, uh, Clive Owen in the Bourne identity. Look at us, look what they make you give. And, uh, Paz lowers his gun. Vozen appears, attempts to shoot Bourne and he jumps into the East river. And, uh, you have a closeout three days later, you see Nikki watching the news broadcast, uh, about Operation Blackbriar and that getting released and the arrests of Hirsch and Vozen and a criminal investigation against Kramer uh, and uh, and the status of David Webb and uh, and uh, a.k.a. Jason Bourne, who they haven't found his body. Uh, and, uh, and Nikki smiles because she knows he survived and it's shown then you see him swimming away in the East River and cut to Extreme Ways by Moby again. And that's the end of oh. the movie. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, good ending. Yeah. Makes good. sense for the series. That's how the series should have ended. And that's where it should have stayed. Fantastic closing to a <laughs> perfect three <laughs> pictures. It ended and it should have stayed. Um, yeah. Yeah. A, again, lots of the stuff that we talked about before, as we mentioned previously, was brought to a higher level. The editing. I found this this one wasn't uh, there wasn't as much fast editing uh mm-hmm. it was more only in the instances where that editing reflected the kinetic energetic tension of the moments that you had a bit more spots where the film breathed a bit more there was more of a balance i feel like some they probably listened to the feedback of some critics of supremacy and were like yo ease up a little bit here and there so we can catch our breath so there's kind of a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, difference between uh, not different. I want to say character, you know, there's scenes where it's, it lingers a little bit longer, but still it's very tight. Uh, the mm-hmm. sound and the visual editing, the sound design, all that stuff obviously did a really good job. And, um, and, and, uh, except for some of the fight scenes, I found the f- sounds of them punching each other sounded a bit off, um, to me. It, I mean, maybe they were just using old samples. I don't know. 
but uh, yeah, maybe other movies since have used the sounds that they did. But there were a couple moments where I was like, mm. but then most of it was fine. That's just a, like a random nitpicky thing. But for the most part, uh, you know, it takes everything from the whole series, wraps up the identity issue uh, mostly, uh, uh, or at least explains how he got there. Treadstone, he volunteered um, what Treadstone did to him. Uh, it, it wraps up the whole Treadstone Blackbriar, uh, you know, s- psychological training of super soldiers and why that might be bad storyline. You know, Nikki makes it out alive. Jason Bourne makes it out alive. Pamela Landy gets to her, have her redemption and prove she still has a good moral compass. Uh, and then everybody else who doesn't really matter is either dead or in jail. So, you know. Mm-hmm does a good job uh, with all of that. It was critically uh, acclaimed. Uh, it um, uh, held the record for the highest grossing op- August opening for seven years. Uh, it op- earned 69,283,690 uh, on its, uh, on its weekend box office for its opening weekend. Um, at the end of its theatrical release, the film grossed a total of, 2000 uh or sorry 227 million 471 thousand and seventy dollars uh in the u.s and 215 million 353 thousand and 68 dollars in foreign markets making the worldwide total uh of 442 million 824 thousand 138 making it the highest grossing film in the theories has an overall approval rating of 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, average score of 8 out of 10. Um, They call it an intelligent, finely tuned, nonstop thrill ride. Another strong performance from Matt Damon and sharp camera work from Paul Greengrass make this the finest installment of the Bourne trilogy. Uh, Metacritic gives it a weighted average of 85. Universal acclaim. Cinema store gave Cinema score. Sorry, gave it a grade of A out of a scale from A plus to F. Um, pretty much uh, in all segments, the audience gave it a grade of A, making it a true A across the boards. Um, this film was still still people criticized it for the shaky camera work for the handheld camera stuff. Um, well, those people aren't just, they're just not going to be pleased. And like those people should just, I don't know, watch fucking daytime television then if camera work bothers you. Yeah. Watch well, the view. Get, you, get I, your three static we, camera shots and fuck off. I mean, they're, they're, the, <laughs> he, he is right though, that even though we have scenes where uh, the, the longer scenes without as many cuts, there is still a lot of that documentary handheld style camera shooting even in the scenes where it's like they're in an office it's like it it the scene yeah, cuts well, in like someone they should just go watch up. cloverfield and then they'll think differently this movie, I mean, this movie is watchable look i'm not complaining about it i'm just <laughs> saying that it exists i see why people uh it was also well re- the film was also well received in the hacker and surveillance subculture as it showed actual real world applications such as the born again shell and the end map unlike Many other films featuring hacking scenes such as Hackers, which were considered unrealistic or downright impossible. It was number one on Empire's List of the Year, number one on Best Action Adventure Rotten Tomatoes of 2007, second for USA Today, Philadelphia Inquirer, Time Out New York. 
It was ninth Miami Herald, 10th the Associated Press, and on and on and on. It won the three Academy Awards. It also won Best Editing and Best Sound at the BAFTA Awards. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. it's a really liked and accolade movie, which in some cases I feel like a lot of the awards sort of just say like, like award shows do this a lot where they award, say, a director or an actor, not necessarily for the exact project that they're winning the award for, but it's more of a summation of their work in whole, which I kind of feel like is this one. Because in retrospect, I feel like Supremacy is the supreme movie, uh, to put it one way um it is i think that's the best one but i think this movie got like yeah the the uh, waterloo station sequence itself is just a master class of editing but i think this award was like a summation of the entire born series and sort of award some award bodies acknowledging that yes this series has had a meaningful impact on film and the genre specifically like it's not very often that action movies are so well received and you know get awards like this usually. Yeah, and Paul Greengrass was direct or was nominated for best director at the BAFTA Awards, um, and and uh, cinematography Oliver Wood for his cin- cinematography as well. But I, I feel kind of that way as well. Like I feel, I feel like okay. Let's we said this in the last episode. If we had to rank them, um. And 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 I said I thought, thought from what I remembered, Ultimatum might be my favorite. I have to go with you. I I think that out of the three movies, I might have to say that Supremacy was the one that I enjoyed watching the most. I don't know. I still have a soft spot for Identity. I still really like that movie. Like I really really like that movie. And yeah. I really really like Ultimatum. But looking at the way that. Paul Greengrass built upon what Doug Lyman did and, and built out an even more action packed, even more tense. Uh, he did what, you know, like what, what, um, uh, Cameron did with alien. Like, I think the mm-hmm. born identity and the born supremacy, they're both action movies, but they take part in different genres a bit differently, or they, you know, the born supremacy just adds so much to, an already really dope idea and it does it so well. And it just, it's like a perfect sequel. Yeah. And it's just mm-hmm. the, the, the muted color palette, the Carl urban, uh, you know, the, the, the many, many exciting chase scenes, him getting on, on, on the trash boat and then swinging himself back up and, him beating up the guy in the mm-hmm. office and stealing his car. And then the, yeah, the fight the, in the kitchen, the, fight the house the, exploding. Yeah. There's just so many good things. About and then it, the, just- the, the, you know, uh, you should get, you need, there's a girl I knew in Paris. Her name was Nikki. She's got blonde hair. Oh, I'll take a minute to find her. It shouldn't be that hard. She's standing right next to you. And then he hangs up and it's exactly under the, 80 seconds or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's 88 like, seconds. And it's they, like 86, they need 90 yeah. seconds or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. so, yeah. 90 seconds. And the hangs of any, just so many cool things. Um, but this movie is all, but it does this movie, as far as like taking all of them and giving it a satisfying conclusion and taking all the best things from the two previous films and also kind of changing the formula a bit itself to give it a little bit more of a, 
the kind of surveillance and technology heavy motif and and all the different things that they did in this all worked incredibly well. Um, but I might have to agree with you that Supremacy edges out on top. Yeah. Like, I mean, my ranking of them is I would give Supremacy, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Love that movie. Identity's a 9 out of 10. And uh, Ultimatum's an 8 out of 10. Which, like, all, those are all fantastic. Like, you know. But yeah, like, I think I, I think that's probably like. I think it just comes down to yeah. preference, really, and I just really like how supremacy. Like, there's just a lot of things, and just also, just in my life, like I just I, I remember watching supremacy as a kid. Like, I remember loving that fight scene in the kitchen and the explosion afterwards. I remember loving the car chase and this, like, the escape of on the boat, like. These are things I remember as a kid. I'm like, fuck that. Like it has a place in my heart. So that's, that's why I gave, give that one specifically a 10 out of 10. Um, and that's why I think that one particularly stands out for me. Um, but all, again, all fantastic as a trilogy there, it per, it perfectly works. But like, you know, if I catch supremacy on TV, tv and it's mid-sunday like i i'm, I'm gonna watch it like i, I don't give yeah, a shit like yeah. i don't care I, i'm i don't care that it's like midway through a movie that's the second movie in a trilogy like i don't care honestly i'll pick I would, it up honestly my ratings would probably be like i would say it's such so, so such splitting hairs but it would be like uh supremacy would be like a, not like 9.8 and then identity would be a 9.5 and ultimatum would be a nine. Like it's, they're so close together and it's all so perfectly done. And the only reason why I prefer supremacy over ultimatum is pretty much because I like the colors better. I like, I think the color grading <laughs> in that movie is awesome. Yeah, I think that the whole Russian oligarch thing is far more um, was a great addition to bring in an outside force as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Carl Urban just absolutely looking sinister. It's Mm -hmm. got a lot stronger of a motivation or like motivation for him with Marie's death. Um, And you still had Brian Cox and the, you know, that whole scene of the confession. And I just think I, again as you said it's preference and i think that that one really re-watching it recently that was the one where i was like damn this is like this is it you know this is really mm-hmm. it um but i have so much love for the first one because of the groundwork it, work it put down and also just because i really love the kind of the really indie making indie filmmaking indie making indie filmmaking kind of flavor yeah. to it and how minimal it is and how restrained it is. Um, and so the first two are pretty much like perfect one, two. And then the third one is taking all of the stuff that has been done before and closing out the story and building it its own or, and creating its own kind of end of the trilogy. And they do that super, super well, but it wasn't the first born where it was like, wow, I've never seen an a- action thriller like this. And then the mm-hmm. second one going, Oh my God, they made it better. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like the third one is great. It's a great film, and it's it's 
technically proficient. It's amazing. It's right up there a couple decimal points away from the other ones, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Your standing is, is I agree. And I, I yeah. it's really preference. And point. then there's the sequels, which uh, everything we just mentioned that we love about these first three films, such as the indie making, the indie filmmaking you sensibilities, said <laughs> you said the, it too, the indie the, making, the, 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 whatever is that <laughs> this film, these films are devoid of any of that, any like the 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 tony like the born legacy one like sure it's written and directed by tony gilroy who uh wrote the entire trilogy but it seems so disconnected in tone and feeling from the original trilogy and it's like i it's even the jason born itself like written by paul and written and directed by paul greengrass feels like he's just trying to imitate his work from 10 years prior. Like it. So let me, we'll get it out of the way here. We've, we had a long back and forth today about these. Um, I, okay. Both of these films are mid, mid level films to, to, to us. Neither of us, we, we will always take the original ones from the jump. I personally think that the born legacy was less of a disappointment because I didn't really mind that stylistically it was different because it was about a different, a different CIA program, a different operative. He doesn't have memory loss. He doesn't have it. He it's just kind of its own thing to start a different trilogy that never took off. It's not a fantastic, like it's not like a masterpiece film, but I enjoyed kind of the different color. Gra- I enjoyed the fact that it was different because to me, uh-huh. it's a start of its story about somebody who's different, but it's still called back. It still had its place. It was written into the overall legacy of what happened with Jason Bourne losing his memory. Hence the name. Um, uh-huh. Do I think the second half of that movie falls kind of flat? Yes. Uh do yeah. I, the first part, half of that movie, the whole Oscar, him meet, uh, meeting Oscar Isaac in the woods and the drone attack and the wolves and all that stuff. And the, all that stuff is very cool. Yeah. Um, but, but like, I think like the whole point of the original trilogy is that like it only explained what it needed to explain. Like, I think going any deeper into these, operations and into you know whatever experiments they're doing with these operatives like kind of kind of ruins what was established in the first one because the first trilogy you know it's based in realism and then you know then out now in legacy all of a sudden they're taking chems that makes them smarter and stronger and it's like what? Yeah, but now I don't, this is bordering on like sci-fi see, now. Like it's I, like, I don't think that that's that that's not that sci-fi. Like I I do not I I if you t- if you told me right now that you don't think that there are operations to to build the best soldier or best whatever that involve taking various supplements or whatever that are happening in the military, that's not that's not that sci-fi to me. I mean, the the U.S. military did MK Ultra. That's a real thing, you know. The the chem yeah, thing, giving 
I don't think this is a series where he was basically like, I can't complete my mission if I don't have my drugs. Because basically, I'm going to turn to a vegetable. Like, it's fucking flowers for Algernon or something. It's like, what? Yeah. I mean, I understand. But I also am like, to me, it's not that big of a thing. This is where I just feel like it was such an unnecessary addition. It's like... Because like that's the thing is like if they follow down this route, it's like what what's stopping this series from becoming the next Fast and Furious? Like look at Fast and Furious. It's like okay, we have one futuristic car. The next one, they're literally they're literally the Rock is literally throwing a missile in the Antarctic with his bare hands. Well, I mean, it's like come on. That's I mean, the thing is is that like I I agree with what like I'm not defending. I'm just saying my preferences between why I think legacy to me, I enjoy it a little bit more is because Mm -hmm. it is something different. Do I think that it's kind of lost its grip in reality? Do I think that it could be going down a bad road? Do I think that? Yeah, yeah, probably. See, I think the exact reason why you like it is the exact reason why I dislike it. Yeah. And which is why I prefer Jason Bourne because Jason Bourne, while it does have, you know, the cinematic style and the camera work and you know similarities to the original trilogy it it has that it's still it's not as good but it's still it's still borderline kind of feels like it's almost like and i think parody or like a copy i think and i think that's where for me why i feel like jason bourne the the 2016 uh, yeah bourne film coming out almost a year 10 years after ultimatum didn't work for me was because well one about halfway through the movie i just stopped like i was like i just lost care i just lost being in- i was mm-hmm. like there's all this stuff about social media and now blackbriar's gone but there's iron hand uh and then and all and you know there's yeah. all these uh, these actors that are doing a pretty good job with what they're given but it's not really anything we haven't seen before i mean yeah. vincent castle is great at looking like he's pissed off but like also mm-hmm. him being the agent who killed his who killed Bourne's dad. Yeah. And, uh, and like, like this is something that Jason Bourne, it's now taken him 20 years to like find out. It's like if somebody murdered Jason Bourne's dad, I'm pretty sure like he would fucking have known and like killed this dude already. Yeah. But, like that's where this these two movies hinder is that it goes and tries to like explain these things further. And it's like, no, like stop. And then also, as we said in our conversation earlier, like it keeps pulling the curtain back. It's like, oh, so there's this special organization, but they're actually ran by this shadow organization. But actually, they're actually ran by this shadow organization of another white guy. Like, it just goes then, from, like, Brian Cox, sh- the next guy, to and fucking, that eventually shadow- you Tommy Lee Jones. And it's just like, the further you pull it back, like, the less I care. Like, it's yeah. just like, okay, because I don't care anymore because now I know if they make the fucking six movie, it's just going to be like, oh, instead of Tommy Lee Jones, it's actually Josh Brolin behind yeah. him. It's like, of course it's Josh Brolin. It's like, <laughs> who else? Um, It's uh, no disrespect to Josh Brolin. I love no, Josh ju- Brolin. I'm just saying Josh Brolin is next in line of CEO yeah. of White Guy. Yeah. That's just the chain of commands. <laughs> You know, and Timothy Chalamet is like the, the yeah he's, he's he's like the heir to be he's like yeah. he's, he's, he's the gonna give him a boy. couple. Give him no, a couple I love decades. Timothy Chalamet. And also yeah. speaking of of those two gentlemen, Josh Brolin <laughs> and Timothy Timothy Chalamet and Oscar Isaac, uh, 
Dune is going to be Dune. on uh, Crave soon. So if you haven't seen Dune and you have Crave or HBO Max or any of that stuff, watch that movie because that movie goes hard and it has all of the, you know, sick ass dude must bearded muscly dudes uh oh jason momoa he's in it too there's a lot of it's but it's oh, just got all the yeah uh just all the ambiguously colored men oscar heisig jason momoa <laughs> you just need to throw vin diesel in there yeah um, <laughs> what are they i don't know but no 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 good <laughs> no dune is dune is sick uh and it's really worth a watch i kind of want to do an episode on it uh, in in the near future, because uh, Denis Villeneuve is f- phenomenal filmmaker, and mm-hmm. Dune was a, a treat. But anyway, um, yeah, no, they they, and then of course you have in in the Jason Bourne film. Uh, it's also you know the shadow f- organization behind the shadow organization behind the 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 shadow organization is also working in the shadows with the social media to track everybody and to see what everybody's doing. And I get it. I get it. I get the, the, uh, the, the, the dialogue that the movie was trying to bring up Mm -hmm. and talk about, but in 2016, that's not news. That's not pressing. That's not pushing. That's not cutting edge in 2012. If they had put this movie out in 2012, then I would have been like, Oh, like yeah. this is ooh, I mean, spicy. like by but this, by that like time, in 2016, you are like they're already making the Edward Snowden movie. Like yeah. Edward Snowden had already happened. Like yeah. mass, like cyber leaks and like their impact on the entire world, like has been long established. Like, yeah, like we we're like I was saying how like Jason Bourne, it feels exactly like uh, like Michael Mann's Black Hat or the Snowden movie that came out at the exact time, and it's just like it just felt. Dated like like with the way um ultimatum like with the waterloo station sequence which i'll keep praising this fucking sequence forever the way it showed surveillance like that was groundbreaking the yeah. way jason Bourne 2016 shows computer hacking in 2016 it's like what uh-uh that's that's it it has that's how you're hacked that's how you're showing hacking you're showing a f- computer file on the screen saying I'm being compromised. It's like, yeah, uh, like ha- they, they, they just still haven't figured and, out the really yeah, and, and cyber just, terrorism, and right? Whole, but I guess you know if you do that properly in a film, then I guess you know you're kind of showing your ass too much. Then, but like, yeah, I, don't I think know. I think that somebody's got to figure it out. I th- and I think that one of the things that they tried to do with Jason Bourne is they tried to create all these motivations for people to act and people to do things. And it just didn't really work as well as, as it had in other films. And it, it just, it just the whole Vincent Castle being the guy who killed his yeah. dad. Oh and then now, like, yeah. And the uh, Jason Bourne also has the really sh- shitty movie thing where like he's in the, un- he's an underground fighter and he's getting his ass kicked until he looks in the crowd and see Nikki Parsons. And then all of a sudden he just beats the other dude's ass. It's like, yeah. fuck off, fuck off. Like that makes yeah, sense in just, a fucking it, Rocky like, movie. See, that doesn't belong in a Bourne movie. Fuck see, off. With see, that. that's the thing that, that to me, I find the issue is that I can forgive. Um, I can forgive missteps when you're trying something new or at least trying so- to build something mm-hmm. out from something that already exists. But to me, Jason Bourne l- loses me about halfway through the movie, if not earlier, and it never 
draws me back in. It just doesn't, yeah. it didn't satisfy me in the theater. It didn't satisfy me when I watched this now. The Look, whole uh, protest, it, like the whole Athens sequence, I think it's very good. And oh, yeah, yeah. But that's it's the up start, there right? with all, like up there with the original trilogy in terms of like the way that goes through the streets yeah. and like, you know. It, it's very much like, and like that's the scene in the movie where you'd be like, "Oh shit, Jason Bourne's back!" But then, like yeah. that—that's the high point of the that's movie. the high point of the movie, and it's like in the that's second, like thirty act minutes into, 30 the minutes movie, into the movie, and then there's still another hour. And even the show, even the showdown that. with with Vincent Castle at the end, and all the stuff that it just doesn't, it didn't. It, it, that yeah. see, and at the end, it, it that's it goes full Fast and the Furious, where he's fucking driving the SWAT truck and he's just yeah. smashing cars up and down the street. Like I'm just like fuck off with that like yeah, that, that's it just, that's a rock movie that, like, that's that's the rock get out of here with that and that's why that. to me i can't uh, if i had to if you had to say watch one of them i would probably watch legacy one because i like world building and narrative stuff i think that it's really cool that they that they were like hey we're gonna make this i think it was wrong that they used born in the name i agree in, yes in, see in, that would be that's my whole thing if it was something if it was this is like uh this is what I thought is that it should be titled. It should be like a it should be called like Treadstone, a Born Legacy or something. So yeah. that the title itself is Treadstone. It's not Born, but the Born is in the subtitle so that at least you understand it's within the world. Yeah, or but the Born Legacy is like you expect like, oh, this is about Jason Bourne. It's like no, it's it's well, Jason. It's Jason it's Bourne Jason. And Jason. It's, it started because of Jason Bourne. And I understand mm-hmm. I agree with you. Uh, the born a born legacy or or the born legacy should have been the subtitle, like yeah. we, because I think that that it is true. It is very much the legacy of the actions of Jason Bourne, and I again mm-hmm. I don't mind that they did stuff a little bit different. In fact, I liked. I thought it was cool to have a protagonist dealing with a similar situation, but he wasn't an amnesiac. Now the chemical thing you can say is sci-fi or whatever. I didn't have a huge problem with it. The movie itself hits a, hits a spot where it starts, it kind of loses a bit of its speed, especially through the middle. And then it gets to the end and it brings you back a bit with that cool, you know, uh, running through wherever they are, the Philippines, Manila or whatever. And the, and the chase where he's on the bike and the other guys in the car and the guys using the, pushing the cars in other directions and then they he winds up taking the bike over mm-hmm. the thing and it leaves and then the big showdown at the end that's cool but we've seen stuff like that in other born movies so yeah. that didn't which is which is what one thing that legacy does well is that it adds a different aspect that hasn't been explored which is the man versus nature aspect at the beginning of him in the mountains him versus the wolf like that to me is the best sequences of that. Like him fighting the wolf, taking out the fucking um, tracking device that's in his leg and then putting it in the wolf's mouth. And then, so the drone goes, that, that's cool. That, yeah. that was completely I, I unique. Whole, I, that I, was I, just a sick sequence. I yeah. just wish everything else around it, like, yeah, like the whole, uh, the Philippines thing. It's like, okay, this is just Morocco, but now we're in the Philippines. It's yeah. just, it's just the exact same scene. Just, oh, look, we're in a a tighter place with more people. It's even harder. The bikes are even smaller. Yeah, and then oh, the, no. also the other thing of them being like, oh, let's activate this other asset from another program that's going to come and get... Like, I think that there was yeah. that there, there, there was stuff that it's like, we've already seen this, this has already been done. But in Legacy, 
you know, leading up until pretty much when Rachel Weiss character, um, when they burn her house, like that first hour is really good. Afterwards, it dips mm-hmm. a bit. I mean, it's kind of cool. Also, the they... part where the guy just starts shooting in the in the lab, that part's actually pretty terrifying. Yeah, like that is actually a pretty horrifying. Like there, then, are, there's great things in it, in, but then exactly, but then it ninety did, minutes into the movie, like I just stopped. Like I was just like, yeah. I don't care anymore, and I just well, like fast I said, forwarded it's, through the it last slows, it hour. slows down when you have the whole they're like on the run, and then they're in the plane, and then they get there, and he's trying to viral out, and then you have a little bit of action there, but it's more, you know, them to he, he's her staying with him, even though she should run and all the blah, blah, blah. And then it goes into pretty much, okay, we're back into like a clone of, of Jason Bourne. Here's a chase between two super, super soldiers that are meant to kill. And Mm -hmm. I, and like, yeah, it's fun. It's got, it's, it's got some moments, um, but it's not, you know, it's nothing groundbreaking. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. it doesn't do anything. So, but at the same time, I got to give, respect where respect is due when the first hour and a half of that movie is, has a lot of cool shit in it. And it, I like Jeremy Renner as a, it's is he has a a reason to be fighting. He doesn't want to die. Um, but it also introduces a, a, you know, someone who has no amnesia, who has no mental problems, no anything. He's just like a dude. And he's like, I just don't want to die. So help me not die. And then, and it's kind of a cool take on it. It does it a bit different. And I love the cast in that movie, like Oscar Isaac as the, the, the other agent and that whole thing when he goes to the cabin and they're feeling each other out and Oscar Isaac's killer, uh, you know, Edward Norton. I love me some Edward Norton, you know, he doesn't do anything anymore, but he was in that and it killed. I love Rachel Weiss. She's beautiful and talented. And Jeremy Renner at that point was still, you know, young Jeremy Renner post hurt locker doing his thing. And he does yeah. a good job. Like I don't, I mean, this was, yeah, this would have been right during his come up, right during his come up. Like this would have been, yeah. He's yeah. like post hurt locker post the town Avengers just came out. So people were like, Oh, Hawkeye, that's yeah. a thing. So Sick. like, you know, I, 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 again, do I think it's the greatest of all time? No, but if mm-hmm. I had to pick one or two just leaning, I mean, I guess the Athens sitch with the protest and all that stuff, that part is cool. And when they're running through the, the, the alleys and all that stuff is really dope. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Alicia Vikander as a cyber analyst, cyber specialist, she's super hot. She's sick. I, Tommy Lee Jones is sick and that Julia styles literally looks like she's, I, I don't know if this was intentional, but like, she's acting like she doesn't want to be there in this movie. Like she's like over it. She's just as over it as like I was watching a movie. She's like, I don't want to be in this series. Like, yeah. Kill me. And then and I they mean, kill Vincent her. Castle, like, Vincent Castle looking, he looks, he has a great scorn face. He has a great evil. Yeah. Evil that grimace. dude just, yeah, just, <laughs> I love. Yeah, he looks like a Mossad agent. One thing we can say about all of these films is that the supporting cast has been chosen beautifully. Like I, yeah, I think the, that yes, mm-hmm. there's been a couple missteps with like, especially when you said like with Paz, who that that actor, he kind of has like a a a very um uh 
kind of a kind face. I don't know. But yeah, that, that's the thing. That's yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, he had a kindness to him, which yeah. I guess that pays off in the end, in which you know he lets Jason Bourne go because like Jason Bourne like speaks rationally to him, and then like oh, he's like, oh shit. Yeah. And I forgot to say so, in the uh in the in the talking, just going back to talk about Ultimatum one second. Um uh you had uh Patty Considine as Simon Ross, uh, Edgar Ramirez as Paz, and then you had the late great Albert Finney as Doctor Albert Hirsch, which um, mm. which was I, I just like to see Albert Finney in any, anything. Um, love that dude. And then you had Joan Allen as Pamela Landy and Julia Stiles, and and uh, Daniel Brule showed up as uh, as Martin Kreutz, as I said, as Marie's brother, but he doesn't really have a big role. But anyway, my point that I was trying to make was that a lot of the, or that we were getting to was that the supporting cast in all of these films tends to rule even in the sequels, like Tommy Lee Jones, Edward Norton, Alicia Vikander, like Mm -hmm. Rachel Weiss, like all of those people, they go like CEOs of white people. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. CEOs of white people. Um, hey man, I've always I've had a little crush on Alicia Vikander ever since she was that like kind of sexually frustrating robot in uh, in Deus Ex Machina. Just just to kill. Look that you know that movie's good when it makes you feel something about a robot, an AI in a body. It's uh, yeah. What a what a what a movie. What a flick. We will talk about it sometime. But yeah, ever since that movie, I was like, wow, this girl. She's. We should do a horny, (laughs) horny AI double feature where we do Ex Machina and her. (laughs) Horny AI double feature. (laughs) Yo, with our chatbot hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyway crypto uh, out we need yeah. to keep these hoes paid um yeah no and this the supporting cast so but you know again it, you said it best that it feels like that jason Bourne feels like it's phoned in it feels yeah. a bit like a cash grab legacy feels like an attempt to do something different that fell mm-hmm. that fell uh, yeah it feels like a failed attempt to do something different yeah. whereas jason Bourne's like okay we can't do different people don't like it so let's try to do what we know but doesn't seem like anybody really wanted to be there like yeah i mean i think paul greengrass didn't step his game up jason Bourne. i think i think this damon didn't really say that if you make movies and they're doing really good and things and the energy is there and everything's happening really great and you knock it out of the park and then you're like i'm gonna do something else because i don't want my career to be just this person then you go away from it for years and years and years and then you're like you know what i need a solid paycheck so you bring a character back it very rarely works like i don't it's very rarely unless it's something that that actor like genuinely loves and and has like respect for Mm -hmm. it rarely rarely works i mean and it has to be maybe if they're not in the main character role or something like, I feel like that's why the new Spider-Man worked because like, it was really about Tom Holland, but they peppered in the old Spider-Man just as like a, uh, as like, yeah. A cool and it's also thing. like Matt Damon, like he's, he can go start a new franchise. Like he can, he yeah. can go like you, if you attach Matt Damon in the lead role of an action franchise, people are going to watch that. Like, like it would have been go watch it would have been like, cool if they if they had made another movie and it was called like the born resort resurgence or something like maybe if they had done 
maybe they were planning to do this, but maybe if they had made, so they make the, the Bourne legacy and then they have another one after that called the Bourne resurgence where, uh, it, where cross, where the Jeremy Renner's character cross is on the run from all of these people. And he's trying to, he's trying to get away and he's trying to figure out what to do and blah, blah, blah. And he almost gets caught by, ch- but then by chance he runs into a now on the a now living on the on the land Jason Bourne or yeah. a now under and Jason Bourne yeah. goes holy shit you were in in you were in the same situation that I'm in and you and I can help you and then they wind up doing it together or something right like something where Jason Bourne is not necessarily the main character but plays like a badass mentor or yeah. plays a character who comes in and helps them or something, or if they had an, uh, maybe made a different movie where it was, you know, um, he was not the main character, but he was playing somebody who was, you know, mm-hmm. a supporting role somehow, however you work it, it out. It just seems like, cause like Tony Gilroy, like the writer of the original three, he also wrote and directed legacy, but then he has zero involvement with Jason Bourne. So like, I feel like this universal hated, legacy for whatever reason i feel like they just didn't like it because then in jason Bourne, there's like no mention of anything that they established in legacy like they don't talk about the what do they call them outcomes or outbreaks or whatever they call those agents they don't mention that they don't mention like edward norton's character like they nothing that was established like that fourth movie just doesn't exist within the realm of one, two, three and five. Like it's just, it's just so fucking weird. So like, I have to assume that yeah, the studio was like, fuck what Tony Gilroy is doing. And then thought, you know, Paul Greengrass would, you know, revitalize the series since he actually has born in a born movie. But then, yeah, that's just fell flat. And like, I don't know, like Again. it just doesn't make sense in the trajectory of their careers. Even like, either like matt damon's doing more dramatic stuff even paul greengrass at his time sure he was doing like big action sort of movies they're more dramatically based like like captain phillips like stuff like yeah just it just didn't make sense like why they would come back after 10 years do it even 10 years to follow up a series that has already been followed up to yeah response like yeah i don't know just i don't know i don't understand why these movies were well made. that's I'm, like I'm, my main thing i'm just like i don't get like i get legacy they wanted to do something new it failed but then why jason Bourne? then like why like money i don't get it the answer is money <sighs> yeah and, well obviously that's the answer but it's just like and you're right about that like, thing at the end of jason Bourne where he's driving the swat car and he's like driving down the las vegas strip that's a stupid thing to put in a Jason Bourne. Yeah, movie. that that's a Fast and Furious fucking movie. Yeah, that's so it doesn't make any sense in a Jason Bourne movie. Like I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, like that's I don't know. that's like Bad Boys Two fucking going to Guantanamo based <laughs> levels of stupid. Like, um, look, but I mean, between the two of those, on my, I know your end falls on Jason Bourne. My end falls on the board. Actually, the more we talk about, talk it out, like I'm kind of indifferent, honestly. Yeah. Like they both have their pros and cons. And honestly, like the more I I weigh it out, I'm just like, I just want the first three. Like, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that the, I think that, that, um, you know, the the first three score so high and they're just, it's like an almost perfect trilogy, uh, that like, 
also because we're comparing them. It's like, if you were to say to me, Hey, do you want to watch? I don't know. What's some stupid middle level action movie. That's not like fun. Stupid. If you, if someone was like, Hey, do you want to watch? I'm blanking, but someone say, Hey, do you want to watch this? Whatever movie, or do you want to watch born legacy? I I might watch Born Legacy because it, it's a solid six or seven. Like it's it's not a horribly like it's competently made. It's it's a thriller. It's fine. It's kind of middle of the pack, right? Um, yeah. But comparing that, comparing Legacy and Jason Bourne, which scores a little bit lower for me, but whatever, negligible. Um, could compare that to these n- level nine and up. <laughs> you know, yeah, nine, nine, two, like, ten. Yeah, no, oh, Legacy nice. and Jason Bourne are very competently made films. Okay, they're yeah. they're better than you know a lot of trash. A lot of you know, they're better than whatever Mel Gibson action movie he was. Mel Gibson was making ten years ago when he was being blacklisted, or like you know, or every sort of mid Chris Pine movie that comes out. Like, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, I'm not saying that like that like the maybe unknown indie thrillers, because a lot of those are really good. I just mean some like middle ground blockbuster film that I don't really. Yeah. Like what Chris about. Hemsworth is doing pretty much. Sure. He's not doing I mean, Thor. I liked, he's doing like I liked mid-level ex- action stuff. I liked Extraction, but because he beats up a bunch of kids, you should really watch that scene. It's actually really funny. Not saying that I enjoy people beating up kids because the kids try and st- stab him and stuff like he's defending himself. But there's like a gang of kid, teenage kids that attack him, and then he like fights them all. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to think of what's like a mid action movie like uh, like it's like yeah I guess like Chris Hemsworth stuff like a Jason because Jason Statham maybe I don't know but Jason Statham stepped up his game in the last couple yeah. of years too now. So I don't like, know if okay so if some of you were like would you rather watch like the Transporter three or Born Legacy. I might pick, pick Born Legacy. That's not because I don't like Transporter Three, but it's just kind of like, eh. Yeah, it's in the. It's yeah. not. It's yeah. It's I feel you. If you said Transporter One or Two, though, I definitely yeah. Easy that's why I said Three. I'm not two. an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. That's why I said yeah, three. yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm on the same <laughs> exact page of like dumb mid two thousands. 2010s action movies yeah i'm with you i think that legacy and jason Bourne are competently made films they're slightly above average middle of the pack movies um Mm -hmm. there's things that are that i that we both like about them um and then there's things that we both dislike um Mm -hmm. again has the ceos of stern white people uh uh and and you know jeremy renner matt damon great supporting cast great they're just parts that fall fall a little bit flat yeah. in comparison to these three magnificent films. Um, also, the thing about these two sequel movies is that at the end credits, neither of them earn that Moby song. They didn't earn it. You know, it just it just feels like it. They were put there because like it just had they had to be there. Yeah, but like in Legacy, it doesn't make sense for them to be driving away on a boat into like a beautiful and then moby starts playing it's like nah man that song's so good though that i'm that's yeah that's and and uh, we talked about that i mean yeah (laughs) the first three born movies uh are some of the better action or or more influential 
there's a lot of, how can I put this? In the aughts, that's the 2000s for people who don't know that, the, that there was a lot of garbage action movies. Just like oh, yeah. movies where they were like, let's put this star and this star in this movie where they're doing this and they're just going to have them doing all these crazy stunts and doing whatever, but it's like obviously- This is the era where like, let's put Steven Seagal and DMX in an action movie together. Let's get Jet Li and DMX. Like, there was an era in 2000s action movies where DMX was an action star. That's that's where we're at in the 2000s. Yeah, and also (laughs) this is, I think most of this is before- uh, you know, if we're looking at popular 2000s action movies, okay, so there's some stuff. I mean, these are the popular ones, so it makes sense. You have the Bourne movies, um, yeah. uh, of course, those those went. Uh, you know, you have the Dark Knight trilogy, of course, those went. We mm-hmm. can't talk about it. Die Hard 4, uh, middle of the pack. Um, I'm just looking through here, through um, here. These the are Italian the- job, I remember that. Oh, but we, you still had like, okay, so we're looking, you had like the island, you had like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, you had Die Another Day, I, Robot, uh, you know, X-Men Last Stand, Spider-Man 3, Paycheck, Gamer, you know, there's stuff in here that it just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, uh, meh, Uh, I mean, if you like some of those movies, I mean, it's, it is whatever, but there's a lot of stuff, especially in the early half. Like I think as we got closer to 2010, you got some more cool stuff. Like you had, you know, uh, uh, the dark Knight, the dark Knight rises, uh, uh, you know, I guess dark Knight rises was 2010. Um, but you had stuff like, you know, taken in 2008 born ultimatum, uh, uh, and identity and supremacy, but a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's considered kind of like the cooler stuff is the second half of the 2000s. But in the late 90s, early 2000s, early 2000s, you had like the Pierce Brosnan uh, Bond movies. You had, um, mm-hmm. you know, certain stuff that just it just didn't. It was goofy, but was kinda, yeah, no, I think you're right. Like I would say Born, and then like stuff like Taken, where it's like it had like, and then John Wick, obviously, where it has like a realistic element to it even though john wick you know thrives when it like is intentionally almost silly but like they're they're like grounded like the action like people understand action now which i think is like the with the rise of like popularity of like ufc the fact that people can you you know you can see real violence (laughs) on twitter on world star you can see people beating the shit out of each other like People know what fights look like now, and, you know, it has to reflect that. Like, you can't have, you know, Pierce Brosnan doing some, like, Wing Chun fucking wrist shit. It's like, no, he's going to get pummeled into his fucking beautiful, stupid nose, yeah. and he's going to go down. Don't get me wrong. There are plenty of things from the 2000s that are, are quite that are that mm-hmm. have aged well and i i i didn't mean no to but that's again. where the shift towards realistic yeah. action movies you know like took you, a turn it's like yeah. th- that's where the shift is okay, i mean you either two- like born movies or you like the michael bay bad boys comedy silly over the top stuff yeah i think and that's where the that's that's it that's I think, black and white yeah. action movies. i think that that really the born identity was the thing one of the things that that changed stuff 
because the born mm-hmm. identity was 2002. So I guess I'm thinking more about like late nineties, early two thousands. If we're, re- if we're really, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. amend my statement. It's more like late nineties, early two thousands movies. Um, even into the mid two thousands in the aughts, they were, yeah. there was a lot of stuff that was lackluster where it was just mm-hmm. kind of like big studio productions where they're going to do this, this, and this. And then you started seeing people care about the content and try and push the envelope. Like, for example, I don't think Batman Begins pushes that. It Like, I think it's a great Batman movie, but I don't think it holds the candle to what Nolan did with The Dark Knight. And I think that what Nolan mm-hmm. did with The Dark Knight was he was only able to do because people were allowing things to change. Like the kind of act, the kind of yeah. mentality around action films was changing. I mean, look at Taken as a pride, pride, prime example, uh, as a film where they took someone who was like a, in his fifties and had him be an unstoppable ass kicking yeah. machine. You know what I mean? Like it reinvigorated Liam Neeson's career as an action star yeah. in his fucking fifties. Like it's it yeah, makes and, no sense. And but then it's like also you had the, the switch over from. Uh, uh, from uh, Bond, Pierce Brosnan's Bond into uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig with Casino Royale, which was again later half of the two thousands, and uh, yeah, you know, this say, is everything going darker and realer because, yeah. like, that's where we're at in the world. Like, I think, and not the fucking, you know, it's very, it's very post nine eleven stuff. Like, you know, comic booky stuff. People were kind of over it at this point. Like. Like in like, you know, like the the old sort of comic book styles, like 90s comic book movies, like the X-Men and like Spider-Man, the old Superman stuff, very cartoony, very comic bookish. But like, you know, that's what, you know, birthed, you know, Nolan's, you know, Dark Knight's trilogy. That's what birthed this series of like, okay, well, you know, shit is, you know. I'm not everything honest. has to be over the top. Like there is constant terror around everybody. We yeah. can make these stuff more grounded, more, you know, realistic, which is why, you know, Dark Knight works. Cause it's like an action heist thriller or Batman begins is just kind of like a very kind of normal sort of noir thriller movie. Like they're not superhero movies by, yeah. you know, by well, definition of what and I don't it exactly, was. I don't... Now Looking at these lists, this list of movies, I I don't I kind of lost my my train of thought. But what I was, uh, or what I would like to end on is that the is that movies like the Bourne movies and other films that take in the same vein that you see later in the two thousands and more so in the two thousand tens, twenty tens, um, is is this leaning towards caring about cinematography, caring about. A choreography caring about um narrative storytelling and the way that information is is uh presented forward like if you remember in action movies from the 90s there was so much exposition there was always a bad guy explaining every inch of his plan yeah and it, it, be, it became a state and that was from the 80s too where it just became this staple thing where it was like we're gonna have a bunch of exposition and then we're gonna have this outrageous action thing happened and then we're going to have a bunch of exposition and then we're going to have this outrageous thing happen, which is weird because there's a lot of movies from the seventies and eighties that didn't have a lot of exposition. I don't know where that switch came. Like if you watch the movie predator, there's not a lot of exposition. 
It's more right. just like, oh my God, something's stalking them. But at the same time, that movie has Arnold Schwarzenegger throwing a, a knife through a guy and telling him to stick around. So, you know, I can't really talk about that being super I mean, realistic. yeah, the movie speaks for itself. <laughs> the movie speaks for itself. We have an episode on Predator if you want to listen to it, Predator Rules. But I, we're just saying as, as the 2000s came to a close, especially in the second half, you saw more a turn more to, to more realism, which I think was partially spearheaded, especially in the kind of action thriller genre by what was done in the Bourne trilogy. Um, and, uh, and, oh, we were talking about, you know, comparing movies to, to, uh, talking about the, the sequels and stuff like that. And I, there, my point is, is that the sequels, uh, even though they aren't necessarily up to par with the, the original trilogy, um, which is a near perfect trilogy of movies, um, they still stand head and shoulders above a lot of stuff that came before them because of what mm-hmm. the Bourne franchise yeah. did and stuff like that. Now, again, lukewarm. They're just above above average. Uh, watch the original trilogy, but, um, you know, still competently made movies and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Those movies are sick. <sighs> Uh, I don't. I we've talked and talked and talked. Yeah, I don't think there's a single thing left to say about Jason Bourne. We've uncovered everything. We've covered David Webb. We've uncovered Richard Webb, Maria Webb, um, Grandfather Webb, the whole Webb. We've uncovered Charlotte's it all. Webb. We found Charlotte's all. Webb. All the curtains and webs have been pulled back as fucking far as they can be pulled back. I think this is the deepest dive we've done on any movie, like. Because we've been, for three weeks, we've been coming back to the identity. For two weeks, we've been coming back to supremacy, you know, and like, uh, I, I don't want to talk about action movies for a very long time now. Yeah. I mean, we'll do something different. Um, I don't know if there's anything else. Do you want to do any of the the special uh, trivia like we did for the last one? Um, you know? Um, I didn't really have, I didn't really, like, Really um, I have a couple I'll go, I'll go tidbits through. other than the one that I think is really cool. Uh, Edgar Ramirez, who plays Paz in Ultimatum, he also plays Carlos the Jackal in the the. It's, it's either a movie or a miniseries about Carlos the Jackal, which is kind of a full circle thing because the born identity, the original novel, is actually about Carlos the Jackal, the terrorist or war guy. Huh. From, yeah, that, that's um, that's the only thing that I really found. But like, I couldn't find like a fun tidbit. Like in Supremacy, I had fun all types of fun tidbits. Like the average shot life is one point nine seconds. Couldn't find anything like that for Ultimatum. I don't know, unless you did. Uh, the um, I don't know. There's a couple weird ones that I found on IMDb. Uh, uh the that uh born running across the rooftops in Tangiers call back to the Living Daylights James Bond movie where he did the same thing. Um that hmm. uh a um uh I don't know, just like cool little Easter eggs, photo of Richard Chamberlain shown as terminated victim by Bourne. Chamberlain played the original Jason Bourne in the television movie The Bourne Identity in 1998. Oh, yeah, that's something I did have in my notes for when we did the first episode. Because I did want to talk about the, there was a TV, made-for-TV movie that's like three hours long about the Bourne identity. That's like very, it's more closely related to the novel than 
the movie. But uh, yeah, I didn't know that that TV movie existed until, you know, watching these movies again. And uh, now it turns out there's a TV show, which I also didn't know existed. So um, yeah, we do. Born, know. not made for TV, turns out. Um, again, in this movie, he doesn't smile. Uh, his last words, look at us, look what they made you give. That's the dying words Call of back. Professor. Yeah. Um, they were unable to shut down Waterloo Station, so pedestrians in the station can be seen looking at the camera. Um, that, uh, what else? There was some more that I wrote down or that I marked. Um, just random stuff. One of the producers appears on one of the pictures. Mark Ruffalo and Emile Hirsch turned down the role of Simon Ross. There's not as much like cool stuff in, in, in the, the uh, trivia and the extra stuff. Um, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. There's a lot of fun snapple facts for the second one, but it seems like they kept all their secrets to themselves. I yeah. like that fucking, that, uh, that meme. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was uh, um, the, the they did the car chase in six weeks. Um, the ending of the fir- of the film echoes the beginning of the Born Identity. You see Born floating in a body of water, supposedly yeah. dead from gunshot, and then he's revealed to be alive. Um, that uh, Black Briar was introduced in the first. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is is. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of connections we've already made. Oh, and then has the last operator is hunting Bourne declines to shoot him after hearing uh, Bourne's line, look at us, look what they mean to do. The Spanish meaning of the related name Paz is peace. Um, hmm. A little on the nose there, but, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway. The, oh, we that, as one in the first three films, there's only one explosion scene in the Bourne identity. 2002, Bourne blows up. Uh, a gas tank to distract the professor in the Bourne supremacy. Bourne breaks a gas line and burns a magazine toaster to blow up Jarda's house after he calls the CIA backup. In this film, Dash kills Daniels by blowing up a car, which almost kills Bourne. Uh, there is another minor explosion in the chase scene, but uh, it's only when he throws an aerosol into cannon to fire to create a distraction. There are only one major explosion in each of the movies. I guess that's kind of yeah. cool. So it's not yeah, like not... a Michael Bay movie where everything <laughs> explodes. Did you see that tree explode? Did yeah. you see that desk explode? Why? Yeah, Why everything did it explode? explodes and because everything Michael has... Bay. Yeah, everything explodes and everything has uh, lens flares, I guess. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, I don't know. It, uh, please get in touch with us. Tell us what you think. Tell us. If you have a any, if you feel like we're wrong about uh, any of the sequels, or if you've seen the Tread, Treadstone mm-hmm. show and you th- it's really good or whatever, let us know. Um, if you're going to slander us about the top three or the original three uh, Bourne movies, uh, keep it in the drafts. You're not going to change our minds. Those three movies, nearly go perfect. To. They go super hard. Um, Beloved by dad, as I said in the first episode, beloved by dads, uncles, grandpas, and cousins, and uh, and 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 uh, everybody uh, just, who likes a just, good action thriller. Yeah. You can't. These are great, great, tech, technically great. They have through line of themes of ideas. They're well written. They're kinetic. You've got the close combat. You've got the 
fidelity to realism. Uh, and it never at any point seems to become uh, kind of cartoonish. It's just really sick. It's yeah. like if it's like if they had taken the first Mission Impossible movie and just followed through on on that instead of giving it to John, giving the second one to John Woo, who was like, "Yo, doves, um, <laughs> <laughs> doves and masks." Yes, Yo, let's have them duel like like their horses, but their bikes on a beach. <laughs> yeah. John Woo's a wild. John Woo's a wild one. Absolutely. Yo, I honestly, right I honestly, Mission Impossible Two is actually like hilarious. I love it. <laughs> it goes. That movie's absolutely on one. The yeah. whole Mission Impossible series is on one. It's, um. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I mean, we could go on and on and on, but last week we went really long, so uh, I'm not gonna do that. Um, no. but yeah, let's, those let's great... wrap her up. I gotta go find the Elden Ring. Yeah, well, uh, I just want to end it out with uh, a couple music uh, suggestions. Um, because I've been listening to quite a bit. I said last week, uh, Earth Gang, um, that Earth Gang album has really grown on me. If you haven't listened to it, please check it out. Um, Actually, I guess there wasn't that much that came out recently. I did watch the uh, Kanye West documentary. Um, and uh, after the first episode, I felt very um, felt very inspired. But then I looked on the internet and was like, oh, he's like publicly threatening to kill Pete Davidson again. And I was like, kind of made me feel weird because I was like, look, look how, look, look at what they make you give. <laughs> um, and but but the documentary so far the first episode was really good um i'm i really enjoyed it uh i tried to give that new vikings show on netflix a go i had to turn it off i really something about the way it was shot i really don't like it um other than that um yeah just listen to this earth gang album a lot uh and uh and the conway the machine album still um and i feel like i watched something off oh, Forget it. We'll talk about it next week. Unless you got yeah. anything you want to... Oh, Elden Ring. Tell them it's all great. It's everything you wanted and more. It's just... It's open world Dark Souls. Dark Dark Souls. It's... <laughs> I don't it's, think anybody wants open world Dark Souls. <laughs> dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, gross. they cover the whole world. Open. Yeah, it's open. terrible. It yeah, no, terrible. it's open world Dark Souls, essentially. The bosses are big. You can just stumble into a boss battle. You can just be riding your horse, and then a dragon comes out. You know, It's everything I wanted. There's dungeons. The exploration is wild. The world constantly... Like, I, I feel like I'm constantly going to, like, what I think is the edge of the world, only to find, oh, no, there's a whole new peninsula for, like, me to discover. Or, like... Or I'll be like, oh, I found everything in this area. Then I find a cave that takes me to a whole underground, like, cave system that's the size of the overworld. Like, the the scope of the game is insane, and I feel really bad for Horizon uh, Forbidden West because the game that game has just been completely overshadowed by Elden Ring, and... <laughs> It was funny, I was watching a donkey video and he was just like, yeah, you know, Horizon last year, when the first Horizon came out, it was just the game that came out in the year of Breath of the Wild. And now this game is just going to be like the game that came out in the year of Elden Ring, which is, 
I agree with Donkey. Yeah, I watched, I watched the same same video. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear Elden Ring is enjoyable. I will eventually try it out. I think this is the first mm-hmm. one of the uh, Souls type games that has has. Hey, got- guess what? If uh, I manage to get through it and don't want to do another playthrough instantly, I got that shit on disc. Well, so there guess you what? Go. And Ooh, I got a disc. I can pass it along to a brother. I got a disc. Uh, Can't disc do that drive. with a digital copy, now can you? So no. suck my dick to anyone <laughs> that talks shit on me buying physical media. I mean, he's talking. He's talking directly to me. That was a sub sub tweet to me. I'm actually uh, talking to Kenneth. <laughs> oh, that, okay. Well, I mean, I don't. I don't actually care. I just think it's. I'm like, why would you wait to to get the the physical copy where you just download the digital copy, but, and then you're always like, I like physical media. Okay. I like physical media. I didn't realize Kenneth was on your ass too. So get his ass, get him. Got him. (laughs) Got him. No, I'm joking. Um, He he wasn't really on my ass. We were just joking about my obsession with physical media again, but like, you know, Hey, well, you know what? If you do finish it, I'm still trying to run through cyberpunk. If you do finish it, I might just get it digitally just to have it. Um, but we'll hey. see. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know if you are following this and you know how much I enjoy uh, park building and Jurassic Park. I have Jurassic World Evolution 2. They are putting out a massive update on Tuesday um, that is going to overhaul the uh, um, sandbox mode that allows you to have everything from the game from the start of the sandbox you no longer have to grind through all the stupid chaos theory uh back end levels to get the the special people especially the higher levels that are just kind of like slogging through it i mean don't get me wrong i enjoy it but i just want to have a mosasaurus in my park and not have to play the all the 30 different small quests to get to the part where I have to get them and unlock them, you know? Anyway, so they're getting rid of that whole mechanic. I mean, it's still, you still unlock stuff in the story, um, but, um, or you still play the story, the same missions, but you no longer have to unlock it. Everything will be available from the straight from the sandbox. Plus they're introducing a first person mode and a bunch of other cool stuff. So if you play that game, haven't picked it up in a while, um, and maybe you, you want to get back into it. They're, they have two expansion DLCs out and a free update coming on Tuesday. So I'm going to play a bit more and uh, see all the dinosaurs that I haven't unlocked. And I like dinosaurs. So um, yeah. that's pretty much it. I think next mm-hmm. week we will talk about something different, probably a video game or a musical artist. We aren't sure exactly. Um, and uh, uh, I have a feeling that this episode might come out on uh, on Saturday uh, because it's quite late on Friday when we're recording this. Uh, but next week we'll be back on Friday and um, uh, we'll do something cool, do something different. We won't talk about Matt Damon beating up people. No. Unless he actually beats somebody it. up and it's in the news. Then well that would be just that, ironic. That, that'd, that'd be, be that'd be wild. That'd be that'd circumstantial. Be we couldn't not yeah. talk about it. Um, yeah, and we're not doing the departed next week. We will do the departed some other time. We just need to take a break from Matt Damon beating up people. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk yeah, about something different. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, and one um, last thing: these things happen is uh, as, as still out. Please go stream that. And next Friday, I will be dropping the next single from On Infinite Repeat. It's a nice little 
song, um, a nice little, little emotional tune uh, that will be coming out uh, and sometime in the next, uh, I don't know when, in the next couple of weeks, another Brothers Slim song will be coming out. Uh, and, uh, and I think, I think Otis, your, your client might be gearing up he's for a, some, he's in the, uh, laboratory. He's in the laboratory. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, so we got a bunch of music coming, uh, uh, from all the cemetery affiliates. Um, and, uh, Wednesday just announced his album sky is blue coming out on the, Eleventh, uh, I believe. What's next? Uh, I hear the dog barking. Yeah, I should have looked. The eleventh next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. So he'll he'll probably be dropping something too. Shout out to him and Flexo. Shout out to everybody who's listening. Hey, we've almost. Sorry, I know we want to end, but uh, we have almost reached as many plays as we had in all of 2021 uh, in the past two months. So if it keeps going the way that it's going, we might pass. Uh, uh, the, our total number of plays last year within like two and a half months of 2022. And that's awesome. That's crazy. So shout out to everybody who's, who's listening. Uh, run please, those numbers up. Yeah. Run those numbers up, show your friends. Um, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the year. We're going to do some more series like this. We're going to have some more guests. We're going to do some more fun stuff. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at P-A-L-M-R-E-A-D-R and uh, on Twitter at P-L-M-R-D-R. And where can they find you? You can just follow me on Twitter, Otis Morris Dude. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I won't talk anymore. Okay. Uh, thanks for listening. This was the Born Trilogy. And initiate the protocol all the time. Peace. Peace.